3: If you served our country or know somebody who has, well, we are very grateful. Praise be to Jesus for your sacrifice and for your service. Today's going to be a very good show today. Coming up at 15 past the hour, Christine Niles from Church Militants is going to be our guest to talk about this uh, crazy story coming out of Scranton, Pennsylvania. This priest caught on video trying to hook up with underage males for... uh, immorality i didn't even want to really talk about it to be honest with you it's so disturbing it's a crazy report and uh, christine now is going to give us the latest on that at 15 past in the what's concerning us section at 35 past the hour we're going to have a conversation with laura sextro from the unity project about covid19 vaccines for kids for, uh, k through 12 really uh, we're going to have that conversation coming up uh, the unity project's about to launch it's uh, a on the ground initiatives to oppose these particular mandates we're going to have that conversation in this hour so it should be a jam-packed show but i gotta tell you i've also been following the rittenhouse trial yesterday i mean watching kyle rittenhouse uh, on the stand tell his side of the story for the first time really uh since this happened last year it was riveting very i don't know if you're following this trial but it is riveting. There was all kinds of flash and bang and drama going on in this trial yesterday. It was crazy. Um, he, of course, uh, broke down in tears. I can imagine he would. I would. Uh, to recall the time when you, when you had to uh, use your weapon against somebody and somebody and two people died as a result. I mean, that would be traumatic. Very traumatic. So he tells that story and then the uh, prosecution starts to weigh in and the, the judge goes ballistic on the prosecution. Re- dismisses the jury starts to berate the prosecutor because of the shenanigans going down it's a crazy trial it is very crazy uh, and to the point where they've actually the uh, defense has actually called for a mistrial it's not been granted but uh the the subject is on the table we're going to talk about a little bit of that in the breaking news and stories coming up in this hour as well so lots of craziness let's uh uh, lots to pray for because there's so much media manipulation over the Rittenhouse trial so many people have written him off uh guilty until proven innocent apparently is the new rule in america or has been for a while now but uh unfortunately that is the case i mean hearing the facts i think have changed starting to change some people's minds to include uh, one of the commentators on the young turks she's come out publicly and said yes i'm sorry i was wrong i mean praise be to god that's a that's a good thing to admit the facts is a good thing at any rate lots to talk about in the news today and of course as i said it's veterans day so thank a veteran today speaking of thanking people adrian fonseca is here on the ones and twos good morning to adrian good morning good morning you're welcome you're welcome. Thank, thank you. Yeah, you're very welcome. What? Why am I
4: welcome? I don't know. You said thank you. Oh, okay. Huh? So you're welcome. Praise right, be well, to God. Praise be to God. Absolutely. No, that was good. The my uh, one of my roommates is uh, following very, very closely the whole Rittenhouse. Um, Trial, and it's he's been like every few minutes, he's like, Oh, you gotta check this out. Oh my god, you <laughs> have to see crazy. this. You have to see this. Oh, and there's another thing <laughs> like so the crazy. uh, the berating of the uh, of the judge, yeah, uh, was amazing. It was pretty funny. <laughs> was he was like, uh, He goes, You've been doing law for how long, and you don't know you're not allowed <laughs> I know. to use
5: I know. uh, <laughs> past
4: the silence as a mission of guilt. Yeah. It was pretty
3: funny. It was crazy. I, it, you could tell the judge like remembered, oh, I'm on TV. Yeah. <laughs>
4: yeah. It was like pretty he funny. Was,
3: he was starting to lay, and he's like, oh. He's like, ah, yeah. I'll leave that there. I'll leave that there. I'm just
2: going to leave that right there. <laughs>
3: that was good. I was, like, that was, that was pretty funny. I, was, I laughed a lot. I mean, if people's lives weren't on the line here, and if people's lives hadn't been lost here— I mean, I, be a I, good drama. I, feel, I feel guilty about laughing to some degree, right? Because it is very serious. This is a very serious matter. Uh, cities were burnt down last year. Uh, lives were lost. Tragedies around, uh, and still, this this watching this trial unfold is absolutely. And yeah, him breaking down, crying was pretty pretty oh, emotional. I, I could imagine I'd do the same thing. I don't know if I had to. Uh, I, I've been trained to use weapons. I've been trained in hand-to-hand combat. I've been trained to fight. To all of those things. I never, ever want to be in a situation where I have to kill somebody. Ever. That's just. That's just me. I, I don't. I, if I had to, I guess I would to defend myself or my my family members or somebody else. But golly you is. I pray it never happens. And I can't imagine what it's like to have to to live with that every day. So so much to pray for. Uh, and we'll see how the the trial comes out. In fact, we're gonna have a guest on tomorrow to give us some legal commentary on the the, pr- the progress of the trial so far. But who knows? Today's a long day. That The trial could be over today. We don't even know. We'll see. All right, let's jump in. We've got a lot to cover. We're going to pray and get started. We are, of course, going to uh, include your prayers as well. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, amen. Remember, O most gracious Virgin Mary, that never was it known that anyone who fled to thy protection, implored thy help, or sought thine intercession was left unaided. Inspired by this confidence, I fly unto thee, O Virgin of virgins, my mother. To thee do I come, before thee I stand, sinful and sorrowful. O Mother of the Word incarnate, despise not my petitions, but in thy mercy hear and answer me. Amen. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost. And now your headline news. NorthJersey.com reports all votes have been fairly counted. New Jersey Senate President Steve Sweeney concedes to trucker Edward Durr. Epic Times reports judge approves 626 million dollar settlement over Flint Michigan's lead contaminated water scandal. Most of the money in the settlement, 600 million, is coming from the state of Michigan. State and city officials in Michigan were accused of having overlooked the risks of switching the Flint's water source to the Flint River in April of 2014 without properly treating the water, and then failed to quickly address the contamination. The settlement makes money available to Flint children who have been exposed to lead contamination, adults who can show resulting injury, and certain business owners, and anyone who paid water bills. The Financial Post is reporting the dollar shines as inflation fears flare. Inflation fears pressured Asian stocks and buoyed the dollar on Thursday after data overnight showed U.S. consumer prices surged at the fastest pace since 1990 last month, boosting the case for faster Federal Reserve policy tightening. Gold jumped to a five-month high, and Bitcoin hit a record as investors sought inflation hedges. Oil pulled back sharply from a near seven-year high as U.S. President Joe Biden said his administration was looking for ways to reduce energy costs. Overnight, though, the S&P 500 tumbled to 0.82 percent, its worst day in more than a month. The U.S. consumer price index surged to 6.2 percent on an annual basis, with gasoline leading a broad-based increase that added to signs that inflation could stay uncomfortably high well into 2022 amid snarled global supply chains the washington examiner reports vermont is the first state to require access to condoms for seventh graders Oh my. Vermont will be the first state to require schools to provide 7th through 12th graders with condoms by law. The state's condom availability program was conceived to prevent unplanned pregnancies and the spread of STDs among teenagers, according to state statute. The Vermont agency said that access should be provided to all students without barriers to obtaining condoms or the stigma surrounding access. It also stated that information about proper condom usage should be made available as well. You know what else works? Abstinence. 100% of the time. Every time. It just works. Forbes reports federal judge tosses out Texas ban on school mask mandates in a permanent injunction, Judge Lee Yakel prohibited Texas officials from enforcing a July executive order by Governor Greg Abbott, banning all government entities, including school districts, from requiring masks after a group of parents sued the state. Yakel sided with the plaintiffs, who argued the mask mandate ban violates the American with Disabilities Act by making it tougher for schools to provide safe in-person instructions to students whose health conditions put them at increased risk of COVID-19. The Register reports Vatican set to lose more than 100 million pounds on failed London property deal. From 2014 to 2018, the Vatican reportedly invested hundreds of millions of pounds into the prime real estate located in London's prestigious Knightsbridge District. Vatican prosecutors in the fraud trial of 10 officials say that the fund was derived from donations to Peter's Pence and intended, quote, for the many different needs of the universal church and for the relief of those most in need, unquote. Observers who have closely monitored the London deal told the Register November 9th that the losses are likely higher than those estimated. Boy, makes you confident that your giving to the church goes to such good things, doesn't it? Well, those are your headline news. The saint of the day is a veteran saint, a soldier. He was Saint
4: Philopater Merciarius. He was born in 224, born to a famous Roman soldier and cousin to Saint George the Dragon Slayer. When he was a boy, his father received a vision from God saying, I am your God who loves you. I know that you have a good heart and that you hate the pagan idols. I want to inform you that your son, Philopater, will become like a tree bearing good fruit. Because of him, I will bless you and your wife. Philippate will be my witness and will defy all prejudice in my name. After taking over his father's position as an army commander, he led the army against the Berbers. After several days of fighting, the archangel Michael appeared to him, holding a shining sword and said, Servant of Jesus Christ, do not be afraid. Take this sword from my hand and fight the Berbers with it. Don't forget your God when you come back victoriously. I am Michael the archangel whom God sent to inform you that you should suffer for the Lord's name. I shall be with you and support you until you complete your testimony. The name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in you. After being victorious, his king ordered that all give thanks to the gods by giving incense to them. Saint Philip responded with courage, saying, Your Majesty, the victory was not due to dumb idols made by human hands. It was accomplished by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who sent his archangel to give me a sword and strengthen me. I cannot deny my God and worship statues. After attempting to convince him, he was tortured gruesomely and eventually beheaded. Before his death, he had a vision from Christ saying, uh, with the angel saying, My chosen son, come to your eternal rest with the saints. Your prayers will rise up and miracles will be performed in any church bearing your name. He was beheaded at 3 p.m. on December 4th, 2.50. St. Philip
3: Pater, pray for us. Praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter 17, verses 20 through 25. Asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said in reply, the kingdom, the coming of the kingdom of God cannot be observed, and no one will announce, look, here it is, or there it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is among you. Then he said to his disciples, the days will come when you will see, when you will long to see one of the days of the son of man, but you will not see it. There will be those who will say to you, Look, there he is, or Look, here he is. Do not go off, do not run in pursuit, for just as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first he must suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ saint cyril of alexandria said for every man who is justified by faith and the grace of god and adorned with virtues may obtain the kingdom of heaven saint b would say or rather venerable b would say or the kingdom of god means that he himself is placed in the midst of them that is reigning in their hearts by faith and these two statements together i thought were very powerful today a realization that the kingdom of God should not give us great fear and trembling so much as a reminder that we must live in a state of grace. We must maintain that state of grace and always be ready to meet our maker because you do not know the day or the hour. And living in a state of grace gives us that peace, that that restful assurance that when we do meet our maker, we will meet that uh, we will meet great justice, true, but with great mercy as well, because we remain in a state of grace. The sacraments, the uh, confession, Holy Eucharist, these things are vital to us, along with the sacramentals as well. Hadock's commentary was very powerful today. I'll probably have to read some of that in the next hour. But uh, here's a little thing he said about the presence of God. They shall wish ardently to see him, to entertain themselves with him and consult him, but shall not have that happiness. This was meant to excite the disciples to profit more of his presence whilst they enjoyed it. Do we take advantage of God's presence in our life while we have it? Or do we just take it for granted? When's the last time we've been to adoration? Our Lord is there, mercifully there, granting us his grace, his his peace, his presence. And do we visit him? Maybe we ought to this week. Make a plan. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. Christine Nows from Church Militants is going to be our guest to talk about what in the world is going down in Scranton, Pennsylvania. Absolutely insane video of a priest uh, being arrested for uh, wanting to molest an undercover or an underage child.
4: Howdy. This is Adrian Fonseca, producer of the Catholic Drive Time Show. Heard Monday through Friday, 6 a.m. Central and 7 a.m. Eastern, right here on the Guadalupe Radio Network. And I'm proud to tell you that Real Estate for Life is an underwriter of Catholic Drive Time. Real Estate for Life connects home buyers and sellers to real estate agents while supporting pro-life organizations, offering their clients a faith-based experience. They are online at realestateforlife.org. That's
3: realestateforlife.org. God love you.
5: the next national men's march to end abortion is monday november 15th in baltimore we will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the usccb fall assembly men it's time embrace christ embrace his word and if you
1: stand for life oh my goodness you'll put a smile on god's face
5: and he'll bless you go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on november 15th in baltimore
3: Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you, praise be to God. Coming up at 35 past the hour, we're going to have a conversation with Laura Sextro about the Unity Project and uh, trying to bring together the organizations that are on the ground trying to prevent the vaccine mandate for kids, K-12. through Live in interesting times, and our guest uh, Laura is coming up at 35 to talk about that. Also, real quick, I just want to mention, I'll be at the Men's March in Baltimore on the 15th, which is Monday. Uh, So if you know a guy, invite him to it, and you can go find the details at themensmarch.com, themensmarch.com. And on the 16th is the Church Militant Rally there, right across from the hotel where the bishops are going to be. And uh, Bishops Enough is Enough, I believe, is the name of the rally. and You can find... Uh, details to register for that on their website at churchmilitant.com And joining us from Church Militant right now is Christine Niles. Good morning to you.
6: Good morning, Joe. I just want to make sure my audio sounds okay.
3: Praise be to God. It sounds great. Good. <laughs> All right. <great. laughs> Last time was a little tricky, for sure.
6: Yes, I have a better microphone this time, so. <laughs>
3: <laughs> yeah. Praise be to God. Well, it's good to morning. Good morning to you. And it's good to see you again, Christine. Uh, Me I, too. Uh, your your report uh, on this Scranton, PA, was like crazy. Seeing the video of the person who impersonated a 15-year-old boy to confront this priest was disturbing because the priest yeah. admits everything. He has every yeah. intention to uh, to prey upon uh, teenage boys. It's disturbing. What is going on here?
6: It is disturbing, uh, and but the more we dug, the more we found out that, wow, there's kind of a whole network behind all this, and there were warning signs that the bishop should have uh, scene. Well, he did. He knew all about them. And yet he continued to push this person through ordination, which makes you wonder, my goodness, have the bishops learned anything at all? Here they have this problem. He, he's facing prison time now mm. for attempted, you know, sexual assault. Yeah. Uh, and it, it all could have been stopped if Bishop Bambera had just, you know, respectfully used his common sense and not pushed this guy through ordination.
3: Now, um, this particular know, guy had a reputation when he was in the knack as a seminarian.
6: And that's another thing is we've got to talk about the NAC because the NAC keeps popping up every time I do any of these stories. It all It seems like so many of these people are coming from the NAC. Of course, for those out there who don't know what that is, that's the North American College in Rome, and it's considered the elite American seminary in Rome. It has um, produced so many bishops, so many archbishops, so many cardinals who come back and they shape the ecclesiastical landscape here in the U.S. Hmm. Uh, but... You know, um, this is something else I reported on this week. Um, you've probably heard of the 25 million dollar lawsuit against the NAC right now that's been brought by an ex seminarian, Anthony Gorgia, mm-hmm. uh, and he is accusing the rector there, Father Peter Harmon, who also pops up in this special report, of promoting predatory homosexuality at the NAC.
3: Now, is that uh, the, and and that's the only uh, lawsuit to ever been brought up? Correct, from I'm not uh, mistaken, again on, on the NAC.
6: I believe so, and also against Father Harmon. That's the only one that I know of. Mm. A new seminarian has just come forward this week backing up what Georgia said. But, you know, he also said, I saw there too. I got retaliated against just like Anthony, and I'm, you know, coming coming public about this right now. But the point is, Lockney came from that environment. And so what we found out as we did some more digging is that way back when— In about 2007, 2008 or so, when he was a seminarian at the NAC, they caught him embezzling a lot of money from the NAC canteen. Wow. There were lots of accusations that he was taking that money and using it for vacations with his boyfriend in Prague. Mm. Now, I have to say, Lockney has denied those specific allegations. Who knows what's true or not? He has denied the fact that he used it for gay vacations. But he did admit that he stole the money. OK, so I was, was going to th-
3: ask that question. So uh, whether or not what he did with the money is a different question, but it has been proven and he has admitted yes. to stealing the money. And, uh, and what happened to him as a result of that?
6: Well, he, ha- he was forced to return all the money. And then, of course, they kicked him out. So he never actually completed his fourth year in seminary. Oh wow. Um which is interesting because normally that's what you have to do in order to become a priest. You've got to finish your fourth year. He never did. He went back to Scranton, And somehow the bishop thought it would be a good idea to just take take the guy in, uh, you know, and, and why? Um, they why? What
3: what what, is, what was the upside well, about this particular guy that the bishop said, you know, all right, your upsides outweigh your downsides, so let's let's proceed. What 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 if, was there anything good about this particular guy?
6: Well, not to sound too jaded, but I hate to say this. I think in some cases, it's because they're homosexual that these bishops like them. I know that's the case in some dioceses. It's it's because they're kind of like this, that they will bring them into the fold and promote them and protect them. So, you know, I don't know. I can't go into the mind of the bishop. All I know is that for whatever reason, they decided, okay, yeah, I guess he'd be a good candidate for priesthood. Uh, And then, you know, he... Interned with various people, he actually interned with two priests who ended up uh, involved in their own homosexual scandals. Yeah, <laughs> those were his I mentors
4: mean, oh my, is that because they uh, be these kind of these bishops that choose these people to be in their diocese? Is that because these that people who are homosexually compromised are easier to control or what, uh, what's the thought process behind that? Cause I mean, it doesn't obviously it doesn't seem like it's a good decision for the salvation of souls. Um, but maybe from that standpoint, it, it seems like if you have blackmail on these, on people that you could go to prison, um, then it might be easier to control. Is that a factor at all?
6: I think that's definitely a factor in some cases. I don't know if it was the factor in Scranton at the time. Mm. I definitely know it is a factor in some of the, the worst dioceses. At the time, you know, it was Bishop Martino who's considered a pretty good bishop. So I don't want to impugn his motives. He was relying on the, I think, the formation director at the seminary who said, oh, yes, this person is fit for holy orders. So at the time, Bishop Martino, I think he had reservations about Lockney, but because he was relying on what the formation director said, he just thought, okay, well, I suppose we can make him a deacon. And that's as far as it went under Bishop Martino. Then he left Bishop Embera comes in, who is just a notorious, notorious gay-friendly bishop. He invites Father Martin into his diocese, you know, to speak at his uh, big whatever um, mm-hmm. diocesan congregation every t- like four times now. <laughs> um, so, you know, he Lochney became the very first priest to be ordained under Bishop Bembera. Wow! And like, That's like I said, a
3: message right there.
6: Oh, and, and yeah, and that's how I ended my, well, I don't want to give away, but you know, that's, I basically, <laughs> Spoilers, I, that's yeah. what I basically said. I was like, in hindsight, it looks like uh, it was a very fitting start to this bishop's scandal racked tenure.
3: <laughs> yeah, it is absolutely uh, mind-numbing to see the how many connections here. And I, I guess we're speculating a lot here in this conversation, so take that with a grain of salt. However, what else are we supposed to do? How are we supposed to wrap our minds around this level of complex and interconnected Scandal that keeps coming up over and over again, if you have a priest, you have a young man who 's involved in a in a scandal who admits to it. Allegations fly that he is, uh, he is an active homosexual and somehow he ends up ordained he 's mentored by two guys also caught in homosexual scandals i mean just it 's like you keep unraveling all these layers and you keep finding more and more is Do you think uh, speculating here again <laughs> uh, do you think that part of the motivation might be? to eventually have the church uh, uh, change its teaching on homosexual, active homosexual lifestyles uh, in the church. Do you think that that's part of the motivation? Like, if we just ordain enough of these homosexual guys, then the church will have no choice but to accept them? Is that going on here?
6: I definitely think that that is certainly going on with some bishops, And some have certainly become much bolder in that regard. I mean, none of them really dared to say anything like that under Pope Benedict. Mm. But now they're feeling much freer, clearly, under Pope Francis to just kind of come come out. The mask comes off. And as we know, some bishops have just come right out and expressed um, very, very questionable, controversial things about the whole LGBT agenda. You know, we know Cardinal Joseph Tobin Mm -hmm. in Newark, New Jersey, has been extremely gay friendly. We've got Bishop McElroy in San Diego, who's just rocked right up to the line there, Uh, and he employs a a same-sex married employee as like a youth director in his diocese. Totally scandalous. Wow. Um, Oh yeah, completely scandalous. We know Father Martin has come out and said, well, you know, the catechism teaching is just about disordered sexuality. I, I don't agree with that. It should be differently ordered. And the thing is, it's not just Father Martin saying that, it's the fact that so many bishops welcome him into their dioceses, mm-hmm. which give them him his a stamp of approval on what Father Martin is saying. We're talking, so, with,
3: uh, we're talking with Christine Niles about her special report that I watched last night, and uh, you can find it up at uh, churchmilitant.com, and just look for the Scranton cesspool. You'll find that uh, report there. You can watch that. Or I, well, I saw it on YouTube, hopefully. I think it's still on YouTube, but uh, mm-hmm. you can also find it there on their Church Militant YouTube channel. Um, but watching the video of... The gentleman who was pretending to be a 15-year-old boy and texting with this priest, and then they arranged a hookup, and he confronts him at the hookup site, which is a convenience store of some kind, and the priest is trying to squirm his way out of it a little bit, but then admits the whole thing on camera is absolutely mind-blowing to me.
6: That usually doesn't happen. (laughs) But, you know, what's he going to say? The guy had him dead to rights. He had the chat log right in front of him. He started reading it off. The guy was, the priest was so
3: embarrassed. He Um, didn't run. I I expected him to turn and run. He didn't, he just (laughs) stood there and just like, like, okay, yeah, but what do you want? Like, I I think he was asking like, how much money do you want? Or like, Mm -hmm. like, what what can I pay you or give to you to get get you to go away? (laughs) I just want to go back to my life.
6: He even he even said, "Do you want to beat me up? You can beat me up right now." <laughs> I was like like well, What do you want? But he did not want to Crazy. call police. He really resisted that. And the man was like, "You need to turn yourself in. Just turn yourself in." And he's like, uh, "Can I can I call someone else instead?" He kept saying, and then he's like, "No, you know." He's like, "Do you want to beat me up instead?" <laughs> you <Yeah,
3: it's
4: laughs> know,
6: anything not to go to the
4: police. You know what's one thing? That I'm I'm super jaded with everything going on. Uh, every seems like every day now. Why is this report? Different or the, and notable in terms of like, I feel like I'm hearing about these things coming out every other day. Uh, what makes this notable?
6: Um, well, rarely do we get priests actually caught in the act the way this is. I mean, we hear about oh, priest being removed, but on video, yeah, you're almost really almost and never you, and he's guilty
3: i mean you look you want you can see it on him he knows he, he understands exactly his circumstance he admits to it publicly but it's almost like he thinks well, well we'll we just deal with this and move on and then to see when you played the video i hate to give all the spoilers you got to watch this video okay <laughs> go do that but what to see the video clip uh the b-roll of this priest with teenagers in his role as as a priest Hell yeah I mean, my, I'm like, oh my heavens, this is so insane to see that he was around these people all the time, especially men, especially boys. And then, of course, yeah. the, every time you read these stories in the news, it tends to be, you know, child abuse, child abuse, child yes. abuse, minor, 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 and they're post-pubescent males, uh, they're teenagers who have gone yeah. through puberty. Uh, this is more than just uh, pedophiles. This is pedestry.
6: Exactly. And, you know, Bishop and Vera is very absolutely responsible um, if it turns out that he's got other actual real victims, and there usually are, because he's the one who promoted him to assistant vocations director, knowing his proclivities, mm. and he's the one who put him in, in charge of the local scouts. Uh, and then he put him in charge of the God Squad, which is, you know, a group of 15, 16-year-old yeah. boys, which is the same age group he targeted. That's right. So the question is, does he have other actual victims?
3: yeah well college you is all right uh, we're just about out of time christine niles uh thank you for your time today the report is called the scranton cesspool it's over on churchmilitant.com god love you christine have a great day have a great uh, weekend too all right uh, praise be to god we're going to go to break we're going to come back and we're going to have no more breaking news and stories and then we're going to talk about uh, the unity project to stop the uh covid vand- um, vaccine mandates for kids going to have that conversation with Laura Sextra coming up right after the break. Don't go anywhere. Captain drive. Tom. We'll be right back.
0: The 18th century skeptic philosopher David Hume argued the wise man should never believe in miracles because the evidence for what occurs over and over, the regular, always outweighs evidence for what does not, the rare. But is Hume right? Well, no. And here are some reasons why. First, it's not true evidence for uniform experience always outweighs evidence for what is rare. For example, have you experienced any Big Bangs lately? My guess is no. Does that mean we should reject the Big Bang? Of course not. Second, Hume's principle nullifies science itself. How could scientists ever reasonably use new findings to update their understanding of the universe if it's unreasonable to accept what contradicts our uniform experience? The answer is, they couldn't. So, are miracles in and of themselves off-limits for the wise, as Hume puts it? Absolutely not. I'm Cornel Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers. Catholic.com
5: The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men,
0: it's time. We are killing Unborn children by the millions. But how many men should be here? But where have all the good men gone? Where are you?
5: Go to the Mensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore.
3: Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean, and here are your headline news. The Washington Examiner reports a boy from Alabama who was born at 21 weeks of pregnancy set a world record for being the earliest premature baby to survive. Breitbart reports LAPD advises city residents to cooperate and comply with robbers. The Los Angeles Police Department tweeted a release on Tuesday advising city residents to cooperate and comply with being robbed. It states in part, quote, due to an increase in violent street robberies, robbery homicide division has become aware of an ongoing crime trend of follow home robberies. Suspects have been locating been locating victims in Los Angeles, following them and then committing the robberies as the victims arrive home or at their businesses, unquote. Uh, The document gives us seven points and point number five on the release says, quote, if you are being robbed, do not resist the robbery suspects cooperate and comply with their demands be good citizens unquote. in spite of all the gun and ammunition controls in california and los angeles in particular they're seeing a sharp increase in violent street robberies these days epic times reports there's a backlog of container ships at california ports and they reach a record high The supply chain bottlenecks show little sign of easing, according to data from the Marine Exchange released on Tuesday, which reveal that there are now a total of 111 container vessels uh, waiting outside the twin ports of Los Angeles and Long Beach. That's up from a prior record of 108 container ships reported back on the 21st of October. The number continues to remain at all-time highs despite efforts from President Joe Biden in October to alleviate supply shortages and disruptions before Christmas by pushing California ports to move to 24-7 operations. The USA Today reports tears, yelling, and calls for mistrial. What a dramatic day could mean for the Kyle Rittenhouse murder trial. The drama in one of the final days of the Kyle Rittenhouse trial may bring more than just unforgettable scenes. It could also play a role in whether the 18-year-old is convicted of murder. Jurors saw courtroom courtroom moments seldom seen Wednesday in the trial over shootings Rittenhouse committed last year during protests in Kenosha, Wisconsin, after a black man was wounded by a white Kenosha police officer. Rittenhouse, in a high-stakes gamble, took the stand early in his defense, sobbing at times. He testified he fatally shot two men in self-defense. Rittenhouse faces counts of inter- intentional homicide, reckless and attempted homicide, and could get life in prison if convicted. He's accused of fatally shooting Joseph Rosenbaum, Anthony Huber, along with wounding Gage Grosskreutz. Circuit Judge Bruce Schroeder stopped prosecutors several times, ordered the jury out of the courtroom and loudly chastised prosecutor Thomas Binger. The questions posed to Rittenhouse eventually led his attorneys to demand a mistrial with prejudice, a typically rare action that, if granted, would prevent Rittenhouse from being prosecuted again. While courts are asked quite frequently for mistrials and they are typically aren't granted, the judge's remarks left the door open. So I guess we'll have to see. Catholic Vote reports Biden's Build Back Better Act excludes religious organizations from funding. Buried in the language of President Biden's Build Back Better Act is a clause that prohibits religious organizations from making use of the bill's funding. The controversial bill will provide massive amounts of taxpayer funding for numerous social programs, including expansions of child care and a proposed new universal pre-kindergarten provision. However, religious facilities such as schools and charities which operate chapels Will not will be blocked from funding, Catholic Vote Director of Government Affairs Tom McCluskey has expressed concerns about the institutions that will receive funding, however, some to an unprecedented degree, including abortion groups like Planned Parenthood and LGBTQ activist organizations and those are your headline news. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Joining us right now is Laura Sextro, CEO of the Unity Project, an organization that is determined to uh, unify uh, other organizations to help uh, oppose the vaccine mandates for kids K through 12. Good morning to you, Laura. Good morning. God, praise be to God. We're very grateful for your time today. Can you uh, tell us what is the Unity Project?
7: Sure, thank you for the opportunity to come on your show this morning. So the Unity Project is um, an organization that was really born um, out of the idea that there was a need, there's a lot of uh, grassroots organizations across the state of California that are trying to fight these these proposed K through 12 vaccine mandates for COVID. Um, and so we recognize that there's really a need to tie these disparate and kind of sometimes fractured groups together to speak in a unified voice and that's that's really the the long and the short of it
3: (laughs) um there's been a hot debate over over kids being vaccinated it would seem that the data has from all the studies that i've ever seen uh in fact i remember 2020 we were looking at the uh the uh um the numbers coming in of infections and when you used to look at the cdc charts you would they would show you all the age groups in one single chart and you would be able to see that the anybody who was like 20 or younger it was practically flat and then anybody who was 60 and older those were the ones we had to pay more attention to um and a study after study has shown that uh, kids are they don't really have much risk here and yet there is a big push to ensure that they're being vaccinated why is that
7: Right. Well, that's actually the the $10 million question. Um, why, why are they pushing this? First and foremost, I think based on the pediatric population and pediatric population being defined as anyone under the age of 18, really have a statistically zero risk of mortality from this virus. I think since January 4th, 2020 to present date, there's been about 605 deaths. Mm. And that's based on the CDC data, which for all intents and purposes, that's the barometer that we have to use um, as as a nation, and so based on that, six hundred five contrasted against seventy three million, approximately people under the age of eighteen in this country. That's a point 0. zero. I have to count because there's so many zeros. Point 0. <laughs> zero 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 eight percent mortality rate, and. We've gotten tremendous, uh, reporting that of those 605, a lot of them had, if not all of them had, um, significant comorbidities. Mm. You, you, we really could struggle to even find one child under the age of 18 in this country that has been healthy, that has passed away of COVID. And the other thing that we have to note is the World Health Organization, the CDC, I think Michelle Walensky even noted on CNN that you, once you're vaccinated, you can still acquire and transmit this virus. So that seems to defeat the purpose of, of the mandate in and of itself.
3: Well, there's also the issue of the, uh, the some of the vaccines, not all of them, being linked to the heart issues in young people, in particular. In fact, if I'm not mistaken, France I think came out this week and, and mandated that only the Pfizer vaccine could be given to young people because of that issue. That's also at play.
7: Yeah, that's that's a huge. Uh, we talk when we talk about these vaccines and the mandates, particularly for the for the pediatric or the adolescent community. That's a big, big factor, right? If you have a statistically zero risk of of mortality from this virus and long-term illness, why would we deploy or use a virus or excuse me, a vaccine that actually has verifiable risk, long-term risk, either through things like myocarditis, we're seeing neurological disorders. Um, I, I heard of a young, a young lady that was, that is seven years old in uh, southern california county and she was given the the vaccine she's now been life-flighted and is in a coma oh, as wow. a result of this.
3: Mm-hmm. That's horrible. And it's yet horrible. everybody who everybody who tends to speak up against these types of issues they get labeled anti-vaxxers uh you know pretty hard on social media and elsewhere we we have been we, we may even get censored for this particular conversation we've been we've been stricken by youtube on a number of occasions for having similar conversations we're just not allowed to be doing this uh, laura why not
7: well i think it goes against the narrative there there's clearly a drive to get every person at least that we can tell in this country vaccinated as soon as humanly possible And uh, we struggle as an organization to understand, again, if you contrast this and you say 605 deaths in the pediatric population since January 4th, that does not constitute an emergency, certainly one that would warrant a mandate. We get a lot of feedback from people and they say, well, even in the pediatric community, if it doesn't present a risk to them, what about the people that are in the risk category? And my thought on that is, first and foremost, if, in fact, these vaccines are effective, you wouldn't necessarily need to be concerned, right, about uh, vaccinating that type of population. Uh, But then secondarily, I always have to say, so are we a country that is now going to use our children as a shield to protect adults?
3: Yeah. Yeah, it seems a disproportionate response to the problem. The, pro- the solution tends to be worse than the problem itself. And I think that's, that's at stake for a lot of people. And I also believe that, uh, you know, this 2020, and now 2021, uh, with riots and protesting and mandates and, and all of this stuff, the economy tanking. I think people are waking up to say they want to have more say in the the life that they're going to be living along with their children. Would you say that's fair?
7: Absolutely. And I actually think that the push to vaccinate children under the age of eight, 18, and as young as five years old, is what has, has really cal- galvanized people. All right. People are Hold now up. waking up and they're getting...
3: Hold that thought. Sorry, Laura, I had to cut you off, but uh, we're at a short break. We're going to come right back. Laura Sextro is our guest with the Unity Project. We're going to learn more about that on the other side of this break. So don't go anywhere. Do us a favor and share this with a friend because there's a lot of crazy stuff going out there. Let's keep them informed and inspired.
5: We'll be right back.
2: This is Dale Alquist with a Chesterton Minute. Have you ever heard someone say that we should stop opposing things like abortion and homosexual unions because there's simply nothing we can do about it? You can't prevent that stuff. It's inevitable. So just accept it. Well, G.K. Chesterton says the other word for inevitability is impenitence. We have let ourselves be dominated by the notion that there's no turning back. This idea is rooted in materialism and the denial of free will. Now this modern refusal to undo what has been done is not only an intellectual fault, it is a moral fault also. It is not merely our mental inability to understand the mistake we have made, it's also our spiritual refusal to admit that we have made a mistake. Want more than a minute? Chesterton.org the next national men's march to
5: end abortion is monday november 15th in baltimore we will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the usccb fall assembly men it's time
0: surely if you're thinking about the reality the horror and the enormity of abortion you have to be moved to do something
5: go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on november 15th in baltimore
3: Be to Jesus Christ, welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired. I'm your host, Joe McLean. So good to be on with you. Laura Sextro is our guest. She is the CEO of the Unity Project. And we're having a conversation around this uh push to have children vaccinated for COVID. And just before the break, I cut you off, Laura. I'm sorry about that, but you were saying that you think this is galvanizing people. Right and left are coming together.
7: Absolutely. We are contacted. By thousands of of parents across the state, we've actually been contacted by people in Canada, in Chile, uh, someone in, in Russia contacted us. Mm. Uh, this is not this is gaining worldwide attention. And, you know, it's an opportunity that's really at the beginning of the show, we talked about um, that this is how the Unity Project was born, because there was such a need to offer a conduit for all of these organizations, particularly across the state of California, um, to, to have an ability to collaborate together, to develop strategy, and to speak in a unified voice. Now, I, I'm
3: guessing you're in California now.
7: I am. That's correct.
3: Uh, are you like all alone there? Because everybody's leaving California, it seems, in <laughs> droves. I, I just hired a guy. He's leaving California, bringing his family to Texas. So is, is California going to be emptied of all people who, who want to take a stand? I mean, what's going to be left?
7: It's a good question. Um, and, and one that certainly I have thought about quite a bit, my husband and I talk about that all the time, you know, I, we have children and we are not going to get them vaccinated. And so unfortunately the choice for us, as it is for millions of parents across the state will be, how do we handle this? Right? So in exchange for the opportunity for our children to experience in-person learning and, and, Majority of people in California, not all, but a majority, um, are, are putting their children in public school. But this is always in, this is also impacting the private school network. So, in exchange for for having your child attend in in person learning, you have to inject them with something that could potentially harm them or kill them, uh, while they have statistically zero risk of the actual virus. So. To answer your question, I I don't know what the, there there may be a mass exodus if this moves forward. I can tell you one of the things that we're doing as an organization in a coordinated effort is um, writing letters across the entire state of California to every elected official, every uh, principal, every superintendent, every school nurse stating that not only are we in opposition to this vaccine, but should this move forward and actually be implemented, mm. that we are in such opposition that we will do everything to include removing our children from school. And I think, you know, on October 18th was a good indicator of this. October 18th was the first Um, statewide sit out, we're getting numbers, and you won't necessarily see this in the mainstream media, but we're getting reports that there was up to 30% of all the kids in the state of California were actually held out of school on that day. We had certain school districts that had thousands of kids (laughs) withheld in protest. I
3: did not. I don't think I even remember seeing that. report. No,
4: I definitely didn't. Wow. That's that's insane. And, uh, you know, yesterday we did a interview about homeschooling and i think that you know i it's horrible that this is happening it's horrible that kids are not being allowed to go to school but you know i guess a blessing in disguise is the fact that they are uh, it, it's bringing about people getting out of the school system especially the school system in a lot of these horrible places where their kids are being brainwashed and uh, not being taught the to the truth uh, so what do you see as this is this going to move a lot of parents to actually like say you know even if this whole thing goes through and we ended up uh, getting rid of the vaccine mandates. Are they going to, are kids going to, are parents going to take their kids out of the school system anyways, after all this?
7: Again, great question. Um, Certainly there's a lot of topics going on right now in the schools across this country. And in particular in the state of California, Uh, I see that this definitely will impact the way that parents view the schooling in a way, in a deeper way than they ever have before. People are getting more involved you know, I think that these school board elections are almost becoming in, in some in some cities as important as the presidential election. For the first time, parents are really, really clued into what's going on. Mm. And, you know, a, a, one of the beauties of the what's come out of this is that we are starting to see communities come together in a way that they haven't because we're we are surrounding our children um, to protect them and communicating at such a uh a base community level that we haven't seen before, especially in major metropolitan areas. But you're seeing parents in, in Los Angeles, California, or San Diego, California, major metropolitan areas, coming together um, at a grassroots level to say, what are we going to do? If we have to, we're going to band together and we're going to homeschool our children. My fear is that uh, if, if this moves forward, and people in in large numbers start to pull their children out of school and start to homeschool them in the state of California, that the next thing to come would potentially be an attack on the homeschooling Mm -hmm. ability. You know,
3: uh, I've been accused of being a pessimist quite a bit in my life, and uh, I want to believe in, in the people, the great people of California. I want to, but... You couldn't even get the governor uh, recalled recently. Um, I remember Prop 8. Remember the good old days of Prop 8 in California? Like the people of California wanted Prop 8. and uh, But the, the powers that be there said, no, you can't have it. It seems to me that the people's desires, their wishes in the state of California are constantly undermined. Do you see a day where that might change yeah, back to uh, something that feels Maybe even more uh, of the Reagan days of California.
7: I, I do. I actually think that this is the tipping point for the state. I think when you start to attack or come after people's children, that is when um, the entire the entire population starts to wake up and again is galvanized. We're seeing people that I, this is. The, you know, um, I, I will state that I am I'm a Republican. I'm a conservative. Um, I'm a Catholic. And I I am seeing people across the political spectrum, across the religious spectrum. We have people on our board that are Democrats, that are Muslim, mm. um, to, uh, to uh, atheists. We have people of all faiths uh, and people of all political spectrum that are coming together and saying, this is not going to be tolerated. We're not going to allow you to forcibly inject our children with a an experimental vaccine
4: so what have you heard from uh different parents who are like you're talking i'm assuming you have been talking to tons of people about the situation what are some uh examples of what's going on because i mean uh, down here it's kind of we're kind of a little bit insulated and i don't hear these stories anywhere unless you talk to someone who knows the stories so what's happening
7: yeah parents are desperate Uh, So in the state of California, they, you know, it's, it's, again, it's all these kind of broad sweeping statements. The governor came out and said that once the FDA approves this, they'll move forward. We're expecting that. Um, in a general session in january that there could potentially be a vote to implement this as uh, part of an already existing mandate for there are 10 vaccines that are currently mandated uh, in the state of california and a lot of exemptions by the way will not be available should this should this be implemented in of particular course not. The relig- Yeah, In particular, the religious exemption. Mm -hmm. So we have parents that are coming and they're desperate because some counties, Sacramento, San Diego, um, L.A., have almost preemptively responded to this. And they have said that by November 19th, children are required to have their first vaccine. And by November 30th, they're required to be fully vaccinated in order to attend in-person learning. And so, you know, we've got parents coming to us saying, what do we do? And, um, you know, this has to be a multi-pronged approach. We've got some, some ideas that, uh, I think are across the spectrum. Uh, we, and I should note actually one of the people that's on our board, she's our president and general counsel. She is one of the lead attorneys prosecuting the LAPD and other entities, um, in los angeles against the vaccine mandates for adults
8: mm. so
7: you know so I, again i think there's going to be a multi-pronged approach to help support the parents but people are desperate because they are rapidly approaching a deadline uh, that's eight days away for some of the people wow. in three counties
3: you know yesterday i read a report that the pfizer ceo has been calling for criminal uh, punishments Against people who claim negative things about their vaccines, uh, that's the sort of uh, dystopian society we find ourselves in uh, d- uh, what are your what do you feel like are our obtainable goals for the unity project? You got about two minutes uh, uh, in our left in our conversation. What do you think you will actually achieve through the unity project
7: so our first and foremost goal is to get them to not move forward with the current proposed mandate. We are working round the clock, Uh, most of the people on the board are working literally 18 to 20 hours a day uh, to make sure that we send a message to every school, every elected official and the governor that should they move forward with this that will have a major impact on the student body that will result in millions of children being withdrawn from the school system both public and private. And I know they don't want that. So our first and primary goal right now that we're hyper-focused on is to prevent them from moving forward with the K-12 through mandate. Mm, wow. Uh, do you guys have a website for the Unity Project? We do. It's the unityprojectonline.com. And um, we are going live with that, I believe, where our goal is to go live tomorrow. Mm. Uh, Stay tuned on that. We're going to have a tremendous amount of information. We have some pretty interesting folks on our board. We've got Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter McAuliffe. We've got Royce White, who's a former NBA player. That's just a few, but we have an incredible board that we've assembled and you'll be able to, to get access on information about them as well as tools. Um, We'll be able to, people are going to be able to register for webinars that will give information on everything from exemptions and the myths around exemptions um, to the data and science that will be led by Dr. Uh, Robert Malone and and Dr. Peter McAuliffe uh, and Dr. Paul Alexander.
3: All right. Laura Sextra from the uh, Unity Project, CEO of Unity Project, and it's unityprojectonline.com? That's correct. All right. Well, thank you, Laura, for your time today. We'll be praying for your success. And for all the families that are going to stay in California, I mean, there's, I guess, a few more houses available in Texas. (laughs) I'm just saying. All right, Laura, God bless you. Have a great day. Thank you. We're not sure we're going to get to keep this conversation on YouTube because they love to strike us for these. But we are keeping it up on Odyssey, and it'll also be available on Rumble. So make sure to check out our links on our website, grnonline.com forward slash cdt that's grnonline.com forward slash cdt if you can join us in the next hour we would love to have you we're going to have a great time i've got a great piece of news to share with you as well as the uh, the game show fear and trembling and a great after show conversation all coming up next otherwise we'll see you back here tomorrow morning 6 a.m central 7 eastern for catholic drive time keeping you informed and inspired until then god love you
0: Everyone you meet. By now, and
8: God loves you. Don, why do Catholics confess their sins to a priest rather than going directly to God? Because that's the way God set things up for us to receive His forgiveness. In James 5:16, God through sacred scripture commands us to confess our sins to one another. Scripture does not say confess your sins straight to God and only to God. It says confess your sins to one another. In Matthew chapter 9, verse 6, Jesus tells us that he was given authority on earth to forgive sins. And then scripture proceeds to tell us in verse 8 that this authority was given to men, plural. In John 20, verse 21, Jesus says to his disciples, Peace be with you, as the Father has sent me, even so I send you. How did the Father send Jesus? Well, we just saw in Matthew 9 that the Father sent Jesus with the authority on earth to forgive sins. Now Jesus sends out his disciples as the Father has sent him, So what authority must Jesus be sending his disciples out with? The authority on earth to forgive sins. And listen to the next two verses. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. Why would Jesus give the apostles the power to forgive or retain sins if he wasn't expecting folks to confess their sins to them? That's crazy. And how could they forgive or retain sins if no one was confessing their sins to them? The Bible tells us to confess our sins to one another. It also tells us that God gave men the authority on earth to forgive sins. Jesus sends out his disciples with the authority on earth to forgive sins. When Catholics confess our sins to a priest, we are simply following the plan laid down by Jesus Christ. He forgives sins through the priest. It is God's power, but he exercises that power through the ministry of the priest.
0: A Beacon of Truth in a Troubled World This is the Guadalupe Radio Network. Radio for your soul.
5: The next National Men's March to End Abortion is Monday, November 15th in Baltimore. We will gather outside of a local abortion center and march to our rally point outside of the USCCB Fall Assembly. Men, it's
2: time. We thought we were killing the babies, but we have in fact killed our conscience. We have in fact killed our rights. We have, in fact, killed our nation.
5: Go to themensmarch.com for more information and commit to join us on November 15th in Baltimore.
2: Welcome to your Catholic
0: drive time. Keeping you informed and inspired. We love God. We ought to be able to talk about him.
2: Getting you started on your day.
0: With the latest in breaking news and information. From the Vatican to the White House and everything in between. It's Serious.
2: Here's
3: your host, Joe McClain. Praise be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time. Keeping you informed and inspired, I'm your host, Joe McClain. So good to be on with you. Praise be to God. Good morning. Thursday, November the 11th, it is Veterans Day. Happy Veterans Day, by the way. Praise be to God. If you served our country, thank you. If you know someone who did, make sure to thank them today. Uh, It's a great thing to offer one's life in service and sacrifice, and praise be to Jesus for our veterans who have done so. Uh, We just wrapped up a great conversation with Laura Sextro on the Unity Project uh, out in California and their effort to bring people together on the right side, the left side, up the middle of the aisle, all to uh, come together to fight to protect their kids in California against the mandates. And uh, great conversation. Unfortunately, we probably won't be able to keep that conversation as a an archive on our YouTube channel just because YouTube doesn't approve. But we are going to keep it on our Odyssey channel. It's there now. You can watch it. And it's uh, going to be on Rumble at some point in the near future. So you can always go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT to get the details for that. All right. Praise be to God. And this hour, I have some good news to share with you. Praise be to Jesus. Great news to share with you. Uh, there's a good news story. I love the feel-good stories. I think I said that yesterday. Well, I've got another one today to share with you. World record-setting feel-good story comes out of Alabama. Hint, hint, wing, wing, nudge, nudge. So that's coming up. We have Saint of the Day, Gospel of the Day, and then we have uh, our game show, Fear and Trembling, and three new opportunities to get into the drawing, the Coffee Cup of Divine Providence to win this week's prize. You could win. It's super simple. And uh, if, I don't know if uh, if the questions are posted yet. Let me just see. Uh, yeah. I'm going to say these are probably all easy questions today, so great opportunity. You can find the phone number on our website, or you can wait for me to give it to you. But if you want to give yourself an advantage, you can go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, and then uh, you can find the phone number there under the Fear and Trembling link. Good morning to you, Adrian Fonseca. Good morning, good morning. It's good to be here. Is it? Praise be to God. In spite of it all? Despite of it all, it's good to be
4: here, despite of... uh the horribleness of everything. The horribleness? The horribleness of everything <laughs> going on around the world. That's a technical term, by the way. Uh, we Is learned, it? Yeah, we learned Is this in,
3: at college. I'm sure. Mm-hmm. College, college teaches very smart things. Oh, yeah, big time. Big all time. the time. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, only the smartestest. Oh, the smartestest of all the things. Mm-hmm. That's okay. true. Um, mad facts. <laughs> all if right. Shakespeare gets to make up words, I do too. Yeah, why not? Praise be to God. Uh, let's see. Coming up at uh, half the second half of the hour, we are going to have a, an after show. Now, yesterday, we introduced. Our brand new teammate to the to the crew on the after show that was fun that was a lot of fun yes it was Rudy uh, Carlos is going to be our our brand new teammate if those of you who don 't know and i 'll send you an email tonight, sort of introducing you to him, giving you a little bit more detail about him rudolfo carlos and and his lovely family that are joining the Catholic drive time crew they're going to be moving to the great state of Texas in january, but he 'll be starting on board I think the week after next. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. So it's going to be a lot of fun. Praise be to God. So I'll send you this CDT insider email tonight. So if you want to get that, all you got to do is go to our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, or you could pull out your phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. That's right. Just text the letters GRN to the number 42828, and that will automatically put you on our email list. And by the way, you also get... Uh, a talk from Father Bill Casey of the Fathers of Mercy directly into your inbox right away just to say thank you for signing up to the CDT Insider or email list. So, again, either go to the website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT, or pull out your text your cell phone and text the letters GRN to the number 42828. All right? Praise be to God. So, we're going to pray and we're going to pray for your intentions, dear listener, whatever's on your heart, whatever's on your mind, whatever your intentions are. We're going to pray for the conversion of sinners around the world, for the repose of those souls that have to, uh, that are going to be facing e- eternity today. We're going to pray for them. And of course, a fidelity to, to uh, the tradition and patrimony of the church, the faithfulness of the mission of the church to convert sinners around the world, especially in the hierarchy. That's our intentions today. And whatever is on your heart, in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Amen. And now your good news for today. Praise be to God. Uh, The Hill reports, Alabama boy sets world record for most premature infant to survive. This is a super cool story. Guinness World Records on Wednesday announced that an Alabama boy has set the record for the most premature baby to survive. Curtis Means, who is now 16 months old, was born 132 days almost 19 weeks premature on July 5th, 2020, at the University of Alabama at Birmingham. At birth, he weighed less than a pound, 14.8 ounces. Let that sink in. My laptop weighed more than this child at birth. That's crazy. The boy had a twin, unfortunately, that did not survive. May God rest his soul. Which took place when the mother was 21 weeks and one day pregnant. The chances of survival when babies are born at that early, uh, born that early are essentially none, according to Dr. Brian Sims, a neonatologist at the hospital, said in a release shared by UAB. Quote, the numbers say that babies at this age will not survive. Mom's question to me was, can we give my babies a chance? Unquote. He goes on to say, I've been doing this almost 20 years, but I've never seen a baby this young be as strong as he was. Sims added. There was something special about Curtis. Curtis, with the help of a ventilator, was, was discharged on April the 6th after 275 days in the hospital. The boy's prognosis going forward is unknown since he is such a rare case, the doctor noted. Quote, we do not know what all the future will hold for Curtis since there is no one else like him. Sims added in the release, he started writing his own story the day he was born. That story will be read and studied by many and hopefully will help improve care of premature infants around the world. Unquote. Now that is good news indeed.
4: The saint of the day, you know, in honor of Veterans Day, we're going to do a soldier saint, Saint Philopater Merciarius. He was born in 224 and was born to a famous Roman soldier and cousin to St. George the Dragonslayer. When he was a boy, his father received a vision from God saying, I am your God who loves you. I know that you have a good heart and that you hate the pagan idols. I want to inform you that your son, Philopater will become like a tree bearing good fruit. Because of him, I will bless you and your wife. Philopater will be my witness and will defy all prejudice in my name. After taking over his father's position as an army commander, he led the army against the Berbers. After several days of fighting, the archangel Michael appeared to him, holding a shining sword, saying, Servant of Jesus Christ, do not be afraid. Take this sword from my hand and fight the barbers with it. Don't forget your God when you come back victoriously. I am Michael the archangel, whom God sent to inform you that you should suffer for the Lord's name. I shall be with you and support you until you complete your testimony. The name of our Lord Jesus Christ will be glorified in you. After being victorious, his king ordered that all give thanks to the gods by giving incense to them. St. Philip responded with courage, saying, Your majesty, the victory was not due to dumb idols made by human hands. It was accomplished by the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, who sent his archangel to give me a sword and strengthen me. I cannot deny my God and worship statues. After attempting to convince him, he was then tortured gruesomely and eventually was beheaded. Before his death, he saw the Lord Jesus in a glorified vision surrounded by many angels saying, My chosen son, come to your eternal rest with the saints. Your prayers have risen up to me like the aroma of good smelling incense. Miracles will be performed in any church bearing your name and I will save those who ask me through your intercession. Whoever writes or reads the story of your life, Will have their names written in the book of life he was beheaded at three
3: pm on December fourth two fifty Saint philippater pray for us, praise be to God in all things. The gospel today comes to us from Luke chapter seventeen verses twenty through twenty five asked by the Pharisees when the kingdom of God would come, Jesus said in reply, "The coming of the kingdom of God cannot be observed, and no one will announce look here it is or There it is, for behold, the kingdom of God is among you. Then he said to his disciples, The days will come when you will long to see one of the days of the Son of Man, but you will not see it. There will be those who will say to you, Look, there he is, or look, here he is. Do not go off, do not run in pursuit, for just as lightning flashes and lights up the sky from one side to the other, so will the Son of Man be in his day. But first, he must suffer greatly and be rejected by this generation. The Gospel of the
1: Lord.
3: Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Hadock's commentary had a great meditation on this particular passage today. I'm going to read just a, a fraction of it. The Pharisees expected a Messiah, powerful, according to this world, a conqueror, a monarch, a revenger of the injuries of Israel, one who would restore them to liberty and bless them with temporal goods and prosperity. In Jesus, they saw nothing which corresponded to these magnificent hopes, and therefore asked him by way of insult and reproach when this kingdom of God would come, which he so often talked of and announced to his disciples. He answers them, that the manifestation of the Messiah and the establishment of his kingdom shall not be effected in a conspicuous, splendid manner. It shall be brought about insensibly, insensibly, and the accomplishment of the designs of the omnipotence of our Lord shall appear casually, and the effect of secondary causes. I think it's powerful just to meditate upon our expectations versus what God has been trying to tell us, and we're not listening. Adrian, what did you
5: find?
4: Yes, uh, Cornelis Lapide here, he says, here, I'll read you a little, a brief part of it. He says, observe that Christ said, repent, for the kingdom of God is at hand. And then he no, no, he notes that the Pharisees will come after him and they're saying, trying to mock him. He said, uh, Cornelis Lapide says, he's not certain, but it's either he they're having a desire for knowledge, a real desire for knowledge, or they're saying this purely out of mockery for Christ. And so he says here, thou, Jesus, preachest thy kingdom in heaven, but when will it come? When will we see thee reigning in it? When shall we see Israel who is now subjugated by the Romans breathe again? And he goes on and on about like, what is, what were exactly were the Pharisees trying to say here? Our Lord, he says, uh, Cornelius says, he says, Christ answered mildly and briefly at first in this verse. And then he says the kingdom of God, the kingdom of God and the Messiah cometh not with previous preparation, nor with the outward pomp of soldiers, horses, and chariots. As you as you can see from itself, you know a king to be at hand when you see his attendants preceding him. With such as these, you thought that the kingdom of the Messiah would come, and you look for it now, which is nigh at hand. And so what is he pointing out here? He's pointing out that this kingdom that Christ brings is a kingdom unlike every other kingdom. He says you can look at every other kingdom, and you look at him and you're analyzing it, and you say, okay, this is, this is how Christ should come. This is the way that Christ is going to bring about his kingdom on earth. But no. Our Lord's kingdom is a greater kingdom, a kingdom that builds on nature, is is grace-filled, and so it's above everything that we could imagine. So, what we have, uh, what does Scripture say about the kingdom of heaven? He says, "I have not seen, ear has not heard, what Christ has planned for those those who love Him." So, what, do we, what are we supposed to do with that? So, we just passed the Feast of Christ the King. And on the Feast of Christ the King, we recognize that Christ is King in a multifaceted way. So, He's not just King over our hearts, which He is. He's not just King over our wills, which He is. He's not just King over all of, our, of the temporal uh, nature of things like the, the, uh, the church itself, but also He's the King over society. And we, so, and applying this to our lives Look at all of our laws. Look at the way that our governments act. According to St. Thomas Aquinas, according to Aquinas Lapide, the kingdom of God is not just something in heaven, but it's also something that we should strive for to try to bring about here on earth today in our temporal society.
3: All right. all right, Praise be to God. Time to play the game. Fear and trembling. So what we need right now is a caller on the line. If you want to play the game, if you've never played before, this is a great opportunity to do so. Praise be to Jesus. If you haven't played in a while, well, maybe you can call back. But the first caller gets to be the contestant. And let me tell you, it is all easy question Thursday. I'm, I mean, good grief. These questions couldn't get any easier. And the phone number is 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424, 877-757-9424. Call right now, 877-757-9424. We'll be right back. Don't go anywhere.
8: We all know children have a natural innocence and a sense of wonder. Yet our world is full of distractions that can pull families in the wrong direction. But with the help of God and a church family, your children can grow in the security of faith, hope, and love. Weekly Mass provides that critical faith foundation needed in life. So if your family hasn't been to Mass in a while, we'd like to invite you home. Discover more at CatholicsComeHome.org. Protestants
0: like to use James 2, 10-11 against the Catholic doctrine of mortal and venial sin because James says, whoever keeps the whole law but fails in one point has become guilty of all of it. But James can't be denying the doctrine of mortal and venial sin, because in 1.15 he affirms it, saying that sin in its beginning stages doesn't bring death, venial sin, whereas it does in its more mature stages, mortal sin. The point James is making in James 2.10-11 is that we must keep all the commandments in order to avoid incurring the guilt of transgressing the law. We can't say to the Lord on Judgment Day, Lord, I only broke one commandment but kept the other nine. So James 2.10-11 is simply a misfire in trying to take down the Catholic belief of mortal and venial sin. I'm Carlo Broussard with the ready reason for Catholic Answers, Catholic.com.
3: Joe
8: McClain! Praise
3: be to Jesus Christ. Welcome back to Catholic Drive Time and Fear and Trembling. The Catholic Trivia Game Show where we have a secret and hidden agenda, which I will only tell you if you promise not to tell anybody else, Okay. There are a few things we like to do during the game show segment. Number one, we like to teach the faith, and we look for teachable moments in the questions where you just might learn something. You never know. It's kind of cool to learn new things about the faith. Number two, we like to laugh, and our callers tend to be very fun, a good time, great sports, and we we enjoy that most, I think. And then we give out prizes, which means it's a winner for everybody involved. But here's the kicker if you're just joining us. uh, We have uh, three Catholic trivia questions today, and they're all too easy. Uh, However, uh, the caller doesn't need to know them anyway. They They could not know a single correct answer and still win. It's possible. And the reason why is because I won't ask them the questions. Instead, I will ask David and I will ask Adrian, one of which will be correct and the other will be incorrect. And then the caller will have 15 seconds on the clock to make a decision. Whom do they trust more, David or Adrian? And then every right answer goes into the coffee cup of divine providence to win this week's prize. (laughs) Nice sounder
1: there, David. Praise be to God. Good morning to you, David. Good morning. Good morning. Uh, I barely made it. I beat the storm. You beat the storm. Well, congratulations to you. Yeah, yeah. So I'm um, here. I I hope to have the A game today, yeah. but it might be a little B plus. Oh, you were hoping minus. for your A game. I was hoping you were going to bring those kill sausage samples by. Hey, they were great so last night. We
3: have different intentions. Yeah, <laughs> they were great. <laughs> yeah, tell me all about it. Mm-hmm. I will. I will. Hey, mm. speaking of awesome people, the House of Joppa is so awesome for gen- generously giving us a prize to give away this week. They give us a, a big, uh, huge uh, San Damiano wall cross to give to one of our listeners. Uh, Tabitha Kidman over there, it's a small family-owned company that does uh, home decor, jewelry, art, rosaries, Catholic gifts, and so much more. You can check out their website, houseofjoppa.com. That's houseofjoppa.com. But we're going to give away this big, beautiful San Damiano Wall Cross to one Catholic Radio Drive Time listener tomorrow. But today you get three more chances. So how about we get after it and uh, jump onto the phones here. Good morning to you, Sandra.
0: Good morning.
3: Praise be to God. Sandra, it's good to hear your voice. How are you doing?
0: I am blessed. Thank you so much.
3: And where are you calling from?
0: The great
3: city of San Antonio, Oh, <laughs> The great city of San Antonio. Now, how, how do you think all the great folks in like uh, Birmingham, Alabama feel now that you've said that? Or Houston, Texas. Or Dallas. Or Houston. Uvalde. Well,
5: Birmingham. Burley, there are they're just
1: going to come and
3: visit us. <laughs> that's good stuff right there. Oh, uh, Praise be to God, Sandra. Remember the Alamo, I always I say. I to
0: live
3: there. Yeah, amen. All right. Well, Sandra, where do you go to church?
0: St. Pius X.
3: Yeah, that's right. Mm. I remember. And uh, where are you off to today? Are you going to work or taking people to school? What's What's on your agenda?
7: No, my babies are grown. They're oh. all grown
0: adults. <laughs> uh, no, taking myself to work, yeah.
3: Is it, is it going to be work. a good day at work there, Sandra? It,
6: it's going to be an awesome day because once I get
0: there, they say the light turns on. <laughs>
3: <laughs> is that because you flipped the switch? I'm just curious. <laughs> uh, <laughs> well, uh, praise be to God for it, life. Sandra. I know you, you played before. You know the rules. But David's here pinch hitting for us. So you probably aren't aware of how tricky he is. But we all know how tricky Adrian is, of course. Yeah. That's, yeah. 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 Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, let's play the game. We're going to go to David first. David, are you ready? I think so. Are you sure? Yeah, I got it. I got it. Are you I sure? Think, uh, yeah, maybe. Let's go for it. David, can you tell me, who is the patron saint of soldiers? Patron saint of soldiers on Veterans Day? Yay and amen. Great, great question for today. Mm-hmm. All right, so... I've got this. I know this one, Joe. You do. Yeah. Uh, okay. You know, if we're if we ever did a battle of the saints. Yeah. And uh we should do that one day. We should. Uh, this would be in the top four. Really? Saint Michael. Saint Michael. Like I'm it? going with Saint Michael the final Archangel? answer. That's the
3: Archangel? Yes. All right. Fin- okay. Final
1: answer. Then why not? I don't need to call anybody. No? No?
3: Okay, praise be to God. Let's just I'm just gonna get a second opinion. No offense. Nothing oh, personal. Oh my gosh. But uh, Adrian, can you tell me who Is the patron saint of soldiers you two don't trust
4: David I get it I get it Uh, (laughs) I am gonna go with st. Margaret of Castillo really of soldiers and and soldiers huh she's a Dominican so I'd love to hear this story are you like somehow uh, bound by oath to only give Dominicans as Saints I'm not saying that I am I'm
3: just saying that I do All right, so your answer was St. Margaret of Castillo. That is correct. Okay, so all right, Sandra, here's the deal. Let me see if I can clarify things. Adrian is on the hook for St. Margaret of Castillo as patron saint of soldiers. Uh Uh-huh. And David is on the hook for St. Michael the Archangel. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Sandra, what say you? My favorite
0: saint? Of them all, Saint
4: Michael. Really? David. Saint-, Saint Margaret's not your favorite? Saint- <laughs> Weird. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know who Margaret
1: is, but uh,
3: that
0: will be my job to research.
3: There you go. Yeah, you yeah, know. amen. Well done. We all remember the the incredible story of. Uh, of St. Michael with his big sword, meeting Joshua and the people coming into the Holy Land. Very, very courageous and heroic images, leading the battle. So praise be to God. Thank you, St. Michael, for yes. praying and interceding for us today. All right, you're in the cup. God is so very good, Sandra. Let's see if we can't double your chances today. Uh, I, all easy questions today. Uh, we're going to go to Adrian next. Oh, Adrian, can you tell me who painted the Sistine Chapel?
4: Mm. Who painted the Sistine Chapel? Hmm. Mm. Mm. That was one of the Ninja Turtles, right? Yeah. That would be... Uh, what? What? Wait, what? <laughs> Michelangelo. The Ninja Turtles? Yep. <laughs> really? Yep. Okay. Michelangelo. Michelangelo. There you go. That's your answer. Yep. Is it Michael or Mickle? Michelangelo. Um, I'm going to go with Michelangelo. Michelangelo. You know, St. Michael. Unless you want to call him St. Mickle. Okay. So Michel- Saint, Mass. So Michelangelo is your answer.
3: Yeah. All right. Same thing. Same Dave- thing. Confuse that enough, David?
1: Can you tell me who painted the Sistine Chapel? Oh uh, yeah, of course. Uh, going with this uh, ninja t- ninja turtle theme, really? Leonardo. Like, did the da Vinci. two of you conspire today? <laughs> Leonardo I mean. da Vinci. Uh, so, yeah. Yes, right. So you're, ninja you're, your your turtle two. choice yes, was. Yes. <laughs> was
3: was Leonardo da Vinci. Yes. Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. That's good yeah. stuff right there. Yeah. Where else can you uh, get
3: this? Sandra, see what you got yourself into calling into the show today. I
0: know. I
3: mean, good <laughs> grief. All right. Uh, uh, David seems to think it was Leonardo da Vinci, whereas uh, Adrian seems to think it was Michelangelo. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Sandra, what say you?
0: Well, David.
3: I'm gonna say Leonardo because I don't know. Hmm. Are you sure? <laughs> oh, there we go.
4: I'm
0: so sorry.
4: Awkward. There we go. Oh. Everybody knows Leonardo is a turtle.
3: Turtles don't paint. <clears throat> Fascinating fact, though. When Michelangelo painted the Judgment scene on the wall above the altar, all naked b- bodies that upset a few folks at the Vatican. So they had folks. someone come in and paint over some of the. The more naked parts. What? <laughs> and it wasn't uncovered until the 90s. <laughs> yes, so a fascinating wow. fact. Fascinating I didn't fact. didn't know that. But now you do, right? You learned something in the process. I but I think we can get you in there for uh, a second opportunity in the cup today with this third question, which is the easiest question out of all three. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Sandra, let's do this. We're going to go back to David. All right. David, can you tell
1: me what creature tempted Adam and Eve? Okay, Joe. I know this one. I know this one. So uh, I'm going to go with the serpent. Yeah.
3: yeah the okay. serpent. I yeah. remember
1: something like about a serpent
3: in the book of Genesis. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, you know. Yeah. Uh-huh.
1: Yeah. Th- That's th- that your answer. My serpent. final answer, serpent. Serpent. Okay. Serpent.
3: Uh, Adrian, can you tell me what creature tempted Adam and Eve? Yeah, it was one of the
4: evilest creatures in the, in the world. Really? Yeah. It was a spider. Oh
3: man, spider, like a yeah. big one? Are we talking like a Goliath tarantula? Yeah, the, the brown one. Recluse? Not, not, a,
4: not a Lord of the Rings spider. Like, uh, but like Shelob a She-Log from it was, Lord of the Rings? It was a
3: big spider, but not like a Lord of the Rings size spider. Ooh. How about one of those, uh, uh, what do they call those? Uh, weave orb, orb weave weavers? What do they call those? Giant no banana idea. spiders? Oh one yeah, that one. That one or oh, what about the one from Australia that is like the know. most venomous spider on planet Earth? Is uh, is it one of those? Was the Garden of Eden in Australia? Mm-hmm. Depends on who you ask, I guess. Okay, okay. Just, so, but your know. your final answer is spider. Yes, scary and, spider. Okay, so, uh, whew. all right, Sandra. Here is the deal. Adrian seems to think it yeah. was a spider, which is very scary. To be honest with you, uh, who does uh, who wants to have to confront a giant spider? Whereas. David seems to think it was a, a serpent. 15 seconds on the clock. Who is right? Who is wrong? Sandra, what say you?
8: Well,
6: I don't like scaring. I don't like spiders. So I'm going to go with David. And I don't like serpents. However, David is correct.
3: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Praise be to God. You know, the uh, the Hebrew word for serpent there could also mean leviathan. Mm. Uh, which is used elsewhere uh, in uh, the Old Testament. Or my personal preference is uh, Revelation 12's description of the ancient serpent as a dragon. Praise be to God, Sandra. You are correct. You are in for two. You could win. You'll have to tune in tomorrow. But uh, thanks for being a lot of fun and hanging out with us today again, Sandra.
0: I enjoy it. Y'all have a blessed day.
3: You too. Turn the lights on at work and bring light into that darkness. Praise be to Jesus. Amen. God love you. We're going to put you on hold. Make sure we got your number. But that is going to do it for the radio side of our show. We're going to go to the after show and hang out with you for the next half hour on our live video feeds, Facebook, YouTube, Twitter, or on our website, grnonline.com forward slash CDT. That's grnonline.com forward slash CDT. If you can hang out with us, we'd love to chat with you. You get to drive that conversation. Otherwise, we'll see you back here tomorrow morning. God bless you. God love you. Have
2: a great day. Thank you for joining us on
0: Your Catholic Drive Time, where it is our pleasure to keep you informed and inspired. Join us Monday through Friday at the same time, right here on your
3: favorite Catholic radio station Praise be to God, welcome to the after show of today's Drive Time, where you know the deal, at least those of you that are uh, the CDT Insider crew and you you hang out with us every single day, Uh, you know the deal, you get to drive the conversation and whatever you want to talk about, we uh, we will chat about, you just got to comment wherever you are watching us right now and... That drives our conversation. If you are new here, well, that's the deal. You drive the conversation by commenting. And if you've never commented, please, can I encourage you? Let me uh, let me say, we lavish extra love on first-time commenters. So tell us where you're from, and uh, we would be grateful to you. So praise be to God for that. I just want to point out Mary, Mary Bose over on YouTube. We are so very grateful to hear this good news. Praise be to God. The other day, we, uh, Mary asked for prayers. She was at the doctor's, a uh, little concerned about her, her pregnancy. And uh, she says, quote, doing well uh, looks like it may be a healthy pregnancy after all. Praise be to God. That is so good uh, to hear, Mary. Uh, thank you for, for telling us about that. We have been praying for you for sure. So God is so very good. I want to thank uh, Tammy for being here. Praise be to Jesus. Tammy, good morning to you. Kathy, it's good to see you again. Praise be to Jesus. Diane Xavier, good morning, Diane. Good to see you. Thank you. Uh, Diane's our colleague from Dallas, a longtime GRN member. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, Clarissa, good morning to you. Kimberly Sunderman, it's good to see you here. Carmen, good morning to you, Carmen. Praise be to God. S. Franco, good morning. Becky uh, Dominguez, good morning to you. Of course, Mary Bowes and Clarissa, good morning to you. Christopher Chance, good morning to you uh abilee in Angeles. did i say that correctly how do i say al albi albi and Angeles? how do i say that correctly i'm curious uh jeff burrier good morning to you happy veteran's day jeff thank you for your service sir we appreciate you um who else is here mike and sci-fi mike of course as well as our our friend um amber is over on odyssey good morning to all of you praise be to god uh who's on facebook adrian our good friend, Jesus Robles, is on with us. He said, I can't study, and it's y'all's fault. Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you know what I'm saying? I, that's all I'm saying. is it's, it's up to God, Jesus. I can't help you
4: there. My friend. Uh, Lori's on with us. Joaquin, Josh, uh, S. Giselle. Um, she, she said that the E-S stands for something, and I don't remember what she told us. Uh, Sita is on with us. Gloria, Mary, Brone. You, you already said hi to Mary um monica is on with us praise be to god i think that's everybody on that side and then patty was on earlier buddy's on with us thank you for your service buddy and mimi is on with us and june and isabel are on with us Uh, and i think that's everybody if i forgot let me know
3: hey if you know a veteran uh leave it in the comment box we'd like to thank them today praise be to god thank you for your service Uh, Don, who's usually hanging out with us today. Mike, of course, thank you for your service. We're very grateful to you. Praise be to God. Happy Veterans Day to you. Uh, Jesus Robles, I know you didn't serve in the armed forces, but you uh, are a police officer, and I'm still grateful for your service, too. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, He's having a good time with the Ninja Turtle thing. Good job, guys. You're welcome. You're welcome. The whole Ninja Turtle thing. We I, didn't even talk about that before. <laughs> yeah. It just <laughs> happened that way. It just <laughs> happened. I can't believe uh, David, you knew the name of another Ninja Turtle. Why, I know. <laughs> I know.
4: Like and that he, blows my mind. It, <laughs> Ninja, Ninja Turtles were out when y'all were kids.
3: <laughs> yes. They 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 started when I was a kid. Well not yeah. well, not when he was a kid. He was he's ten years my senior. Hey, hey, hey. So hey. he he was like uh <laughs> you know, you were you were you were okay. in you were going into college when Ninja Turtles were coming out. Something no like
1: that. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. No way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Ninja Turtles came out like in the. Google it. Google it. I want a date. What Let's year? see. My guess, 87. Uh, 83. Mm. I was so close. Close. I was so close. So there in 83, know. where were you, David? Uh, finishing high school. So I was close. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. There you go. Yeah. You were about ready to go off to college. Yes. Yeah. Wow. And you went to the great university of? Texas.
1: I'm so sorry. My <laughs> deepest condolences. <laughs> Uh, looking, why, why did you go to UT? Why, why did you want to go to UT? Uh, great story. Uh, a friend of mine uh, said that his sister was going to UT studying engineering, Yeah, and he said, you should go with me. And I said, okay, I'll go. <laughs> that was easy. Yeah, I know. Wow. Yeah, I know. <laughs> That's all it took.
3: I, I thought you like did a lot of research. You discovered it yeah. was the best this or that or the other thing. Well, and he couldn't do that. You loved the true. football team. I mean, no, it's like, okay. <laughs> i know I, I was planning to go to texas tech
1: and uh
3: hi Forrest. we should start a a bubble gum uh, fishing company okay,
8: okay yeah <laughs> i mean it's just uh, like, that's,
3: that's what that's what it took <laughs> you know I, hey.
1: I told you it was a simple story <laughs> praise be to god
3: uh roseanne and uh roseanne uh how do i say that last name laurie roseanne ratajic, ratajic. ackerman From the USMC, good morning to you, happy Veterans Day, and happy birthday, by the way, for the Marine Corps. Paul King in the Navy, praise be to God, thank you for your service. Brian Smith, thank you for your service. We're very grateful to you uh, for serving our country.
4: Mike said, we always count police officers, sheriffs, firefighters, and EMTs in with the Brotherhood, comma, at least I do. Amen. Amen. Amen Amen to that. Praise be to Jesus. Uh, He also said, Ninja Turtle, uh, Sci-Fi Mike said, Ninja Turtles, all Catholic. It's true. It's true. <laughs> Donatello, Michelangelo, I Leonardo. i had
3: yeah. never considered no. that aspect. <laughs> <laughs> so the,
4: the whenever they created his Ninja Turtles, the uh, the artist was a huge fan of the Renaissance painters, mm. and that's why he named them all after Renaissance painters. So they actually are named after yeah. uh,
3: the the Renaissance painters, yeah. which is cool. Funny, now,
1: funny how
4: that works. I yeah. have
3: always pronounced it Michelangelo. I've never heard it pronounced Michelangelo before. I've only heard it Michelangelo. Really? Yeah. Mm. 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 So... Uh, Let us know in the comment, uh, uh, you know, which is correct. I I, I don't want to continue to say the man's name incorrectly. So is it Michelangelo or is it Michelangelo? I've only heard it called Michelangelo. I think
1: you're the only one. Yeah.
3: Really? Yeah. So you've always said Michelangelo. Yeah. Okay. Well, there you go. Let's change that. From now on, it's (laughs) Michelangelo. Like St. Michael. Yeah. But yeah. it could be it could be Michael. I, I mean it's I, just I don't, different pronunciation. It it made me think about oh,
4: I've been saying this wrong for all these years. <laughs> well it's like <laughs> you Saint Michael can be pronounced Michael. I mean yeah. it's just different pronunciation, the same word. Alright, well there you yeah. go.
1: There you go. Okay.
3: Uh Becky says Richard Smith is a veteran, thanks to him and to all who have served our country, God bless America and our troops. Yay and amen. Yeah, amen. Praise be to Jesus. Mike said, Michelangelo. Come on, man. Come on, man. Where's, where's uh, Amber come on, man. said, come on,
4: man. and Amber said, Michelangelo. Uh, that, there you go. Straw pulse have it.
3: Michelangelo's a clear winner there. Uh, Jesus said, we are old, Joe. Yes. Yes. <laughs> yes, we are. We should have an old person's club, and we should, like, sit around and... Oh, speaking of which, have you guys heard of the comedian Joe Parra? Joe Para, never heard of him. Joe no. Para, no. I didn't hear of him until this week either. There's a, apparently there's a YouTube channel called Adult Swim, and he has like a he's a comedian, a young guy who I I, I guess he is, his shtick is he talks like an old person all mm. the time, even though he's young. Mm. So he has like these ten hour videos of him just talking randomly to you, and they're they're designed to put you to sleep. Joe <laughs> Para talks to you. It's his name of his show, but he has millions of fans. What? That's weird. Yeah, I don't like, know. Just made me think about because he's because uh, he's talking about old people. Okay. So, do you guys know Joe Para? I'm just curious. Let, let us know in the comments. Mico Langalo Hey Zeus, what am I reading there? Sita uh, says you're Michael. right, Joe, and thank like you micro? for your service. I'm right. Did you did you guys hear? She, what does he write about exactly? See you are brilliant. I didn't uh, hear that. Cita you said right.
4: Adrian's pronunciation is very American. Yeah, I, I mean,
3: I'm American. Mer so American. That happens. American. Um, it does happen, by the way. Uh, Mary says I actually don't know the exact due date yet. I, I'm that early. Well, we're still praying for you, Mary. Praise be to God. Congratulations, and we're going to pray for continued health and everything go very, very well, Lord. Please, please cover her in your most precious blood and the child. Sci-Fi Mike <clears throat> said, I made my father watch the
4: first TMNT movie with me when I was a kid. I swear it brought a tear to his eyes. <laughs> Strong father-son themes. <laughs> Honestly, though, it actually really does. Uh, with the, uh, with, uh, so it's going to sound super lame, but with Master Splinter as their, as their father figure, mm-hmm. but uh, raising the, the boys who yeah. are, are like orphans. Yeah. Um, and it, it's very much like a good father-son relationships. Uh, it it's helps that rats probably wholesome. don't eat turtles. Normal. Uh, well, I mean, rats will eat just about anything. Can they but, eat a you know, turtle? I'm sure they could. They'll They'll try not they the shell, try. but the, yeah. the fleshy part. I heard Man. it tastes pretty good. Does it? Yeah, turtle tastes like chicken. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I've never, I've never had any, but I've heard it's really good. But there you go, folks. I've had uh, alligator. That tastes like chicken. Oh, I love gator. Gator's yeah. delicious. Gator's no, delicious. But no, I grew up watching Ninja Turtles. I used to love Ninja Turtles. We would. uh My brother. Would, uh, we would play Ninja Turtles all the time, so we'd have, I'd have the swords from Leonardo, m- <laughs> and my brother would have the nunchucks of yeah. Michelangelo. My kid, oh, one yeah. of my kids
3: has a Ninja Turtle costume at the house. Nice. Yeah. Do you know which one? I don't. Sorry. sorry. That stinks.
1: Need yeah. to check into that.
3: It's probably yeah. not Donatello, because Donatello has... Donatello, has yeah. yeah. Back yeah. in the 80s, when I was a kid, ninjas were all the rage. Right. There, were, there were so many ninja movies out. Right. There was an actor named Shogasugi. Uh, I'm not saying his name correctly, I'm sure. Shogasugi, Shogasugi. And he was from Japan, and he did all these really uh, incredible ninja films. And boy, I would not watch them today. I'm sure they were horrible. <laughs> uh, but as a kid, I got to watch all that stuff. I got to go to the movie theater to watch Shogasugi ninja movies. Dressed up like ninjas all the time. We'd go to the flea markets in San Antonio and buy Chinese throwing stars. And we'd throw them around, you know, and, and, uh, and all of that. So much Sci-Fi Mike said, Shredder as a
4: surrogate and deceptive, unloving father. I was a huge fan, sorry. Uh, what did you think whenever they made Shredder into, like, an alien? That was super weird. I was like, like it was super yeah, like... Are,
3: are you suggesting that talking rats and ninja turtles are not weird?
4: Well, it, 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 <laughs> it is weird, but, like,
3: the, the foundation of the story was, you know,
4: you're living in a normal world... And that's why they're, like, underground and hiding because it's weird to have talking turtles. And then all of a sudden, like, they just decide after, like, a season into it, they're like, you know what we're going to do? We're going to bring aliens into this. We're also going to put in (laughs) time travel. And we're going to have people, uh, this guy that you've been fighting this whole time. Yeah, he was actually an alien this whole time, and we're like everybody's like you're. We're just like, what? What? That's weird. You're ruining this. So, it see, was a ruining it. Now but, you're you know.
3: going to start to experience. Now look at that, David. Did you see what just happened? No. Something from his childhood is being rewritten, and he's a he's getting no, no, no. This offensive. happened. This happened when mm. I was when I was watching as a kid. This is a precursor to great things to come for David and I. So as ap- we sit back on the on the porch and uh, and jaw about look watching Adrian uh, go through the motions of getting older. <laughs> And going now, look what they done! They done rewrote my favorite childhood heroes. Well, that's not that's not exactly what happened
4: because the oh, the alien it's stuff coming. actually predates the one I watched. So the older one, the older teen, uh, teenage mutant teenage mutant ninja turtles TV show, they kind of started off with this whole world where there's like talking rhinos and aliens and stuff like that. But when I was a kid, they redid it to make it more grounded uh in reality, uh, but then they decided reality, yeah well, like, <laughs> well, like, like like I said like everything well, everything was normal except for the turtles, yeah, and then they uh but then they just like, you know what we're gonna go back to the, like doing it the way that originally was, and so they added all this stuff, but for me, I didn't know
3: about oh, the eighties originalists cartoon. now, yeah, so then, yeah, exactly exactly. <laughs> They're traditionalists. Yeah, traditionalists. Yeah. I, you know, it's funny. Last night I was reading through chapter two of Orthodoxy because I'm, I'm narrating it on my YouTube channel, and so I'll be producing chapter two hopefully this week. And uh, this, this whole chapter is about, uh, you know, reason versus insanity, kind of thing, and the commonalities and the, and the disjointedness and. So just this, that, this conversation about Ninja Turtles is kind of reminding me of, of that a little bit. Uh, uh, Mary asked me, what color is the costume? I want to say there is a yellow sash. What would that mean? A yellow sash. I I, I want to say that would be none of them. Not well. There you go. Awkward. Maybe I. Maybe I'm completely <laughs> orange, wrong. Orange. Maybe orange. Maybe yeah. I don't. know. Those orange I, is Michelangelo. Uh,
4: Do you know what weapon he has? I don't remember. Yikes. Swords. I think swords. I don't know. Is it tiny swords or long swords? <laughs> I,
3: I, I'm gonna have to go home and look. Okay. <laughs> okay I don't This know. is important. This is a big deal. We need the answer I f- tomorrow. I yeah. feel like Rittenhouse on trial here. Good grief! Yikes. All the pressure. Ouch! Ouch. <laughs> I'm teasing.
4: Hey uh, Sue said it's weird to think it's weird that talking
3: turtles and rodents are weird. <laughs> Just, yeah. uh,
4: just for
3: the just record. Saying. Just saying. Um, let's turn to the Rittenhouse trial. What do you guys think about the Rittenhouse trial? Do you guys, have you been following that, David? A little bit. A little bit. Uh, yesterday was intense. It was. I, I was going home and watching some of the the testimony. Uh, boy, very intense. And to see the judge get so bent out of shape with the prosecution. That's right. Been, like, w- I, So I invited Brent Haynes to come on tomorrow to give us some legal okay. commentary yeah. on the trial so far. And, of course, I've been watching commentators of what their opinions were. But, I mean, I don't know. There's a lot of people who are waking up going, whoa, hold on. Uh, maybe I had this all wrong. Right. Um, and there are still people who are doubling down. They want them
1: in prison for life. I know. And, you know, people jump to con- uh, conclusions, right? And, uh, you know, you don't get to see the full the full story. Yeah. But, and, uh, and that's what we do today, right? Yeah. We, we just jump to the first thing, and uh, that's – really frustrating, really not good for the country. And uh, we see it in play right now.
3: The problem is, I think though, is we we're so given to our political parties and our political agendas that we, we almost don't care what the facts are. Right. Like it almost doesn't matter. Right. You know, because this person doesn't land on the same side of the aisle as you. Yeah. Therefore he's guilty or, or maybe could be the opposite, I suppose. But I would say Looking at the facts of this case, it's, it, this, this kid was defending himself. Right Now, he wasn't perfect. I think that's part of what's come out in the trial, too. You know, he is a teenager, and teenagers are notoriously what? Immature, yeah. and they do silly things. They say silly things. They say immature things. They, they make inappropriate choices sometimes. And the prosecutor was trying to leverage that against him, yeah. and the judge chastised him big time. That was crazy. The judge going off... On uh, on the prosecutor it was crazy. Stop the trial. Stuff. Get the ju- get the jury out of here. Don't talk about the case. And then li- and then you could tell the judge would he would start in. He would like, you know, get after the, the the prosecutor. And then you can see it like in his mind. He'd be going, "Oh, hold on, I'm on camera. Uh, I need to be careful here, right?" And that he would <clears throat> stop himself and and hold up. And man, it was so in- insane. But to watch Kyle. Give his own version of the account. Not only just the first time where he started crying as he got to the point where he, he was confronted by three people at once, but like even after that, the 10 minute break and he comes back and he gets, and now he's calm, cool, and collected. Even just the recounting of the details then, you realize very quickly that this, uh, that this was an insane situation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and what else was he supposed to do? Mm-hmm. So that the mob was going to get him he was going to be their victim you know one way or the other and it still seems
1: to be their their motivation i know it's a it, insane crazy story uh and it's living out today and it's going to be living out this way in future so uh you know let the facts play out let this finish out and then we can make our judgments so yeah. um uh, i was going to ask you joe uh uh, today's veterans day yesterday was the birthday of the marines we yesterday talked a little was, bit yeah. yeah we talked a little bit about the movies that we like
3: oh you're gonna now you're trying to switch gears again yeah
1: yeah yeah mm-hmm. so what is your favorite war movie uh not war marines movie? now not marines and uh, marines anymore but now oh. how about d-day uh you mean saving private ryan d-day the movie d-day yeah yeah
3: yeah uh well there's uh the the longest day I'm with, sorry. With, longest Day which, with uh, John
1: Wayne and had uh, Sean Connery in it too. Yeah, had a he lot was of a great young
3: Sean Connery,
1: <laughs> pre-Bond Sean Connery. I love that movie.
3: Good movie. Um, and that movie wasn't filmed all that long after the events. Oh, really? If you think about it, I guess so. You're yeah, right. Pretty close. To, I mean, I, I am sure there are people who worked on that movie who participated in that action for real. Hmm. I mean, that's how close it was to the events. We'll have to check into that, Mister Producer. How about the? How about the, how about a Bridge Too Far? You remember Uh, Bridge Too Far?
1: uh, I remember parts of
3: that. Yeah. Now, so do you? Do you prefer World War II movies in particular? I did. Yeah, I did. Hmm. How about uh, Saving Private Ryan? Obviously, was a game changer in the movie business. Wow, powerful. So uh, emotionally, like that's to me not just the D Day scenes, but like the end towards the climax at the end of the film when. When they're in that little uh, foxhole, uh, you know, hole in the ground from a crater from a bomb, and they're waiting for the panzer tanks to come, and you can begin to hear the the sound of the panzer tanks in the distance, and then the rocks are rumbling in front of them. Like, the emotion of that sound so industrial and so ominous right i mean that was way more intense than watching darth vader walk through smoke <laughs> in uh, in uh, a new hope right i right. mean done 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 i mean it was like that times 10 just thinking about sitting in that foxhole waiting for panzer tanks to show up
1: it was so intense it was it was a great movie uh i, I loved uh yeah i was going to ask you about the uh you know how it looked and how it felt and yeah. you know the... is that my favorite i don't know
3: um, that's a hard question for me to answer. I I, ha- I guess it just depends. I mean, I, yesterday I said Heartbreak Ridge is my favorite Marine Corps movie uh, but just because it was such a iconic film. When I was a kid, getting ready to go to boot camp, I memorized Heartbreak Ridge. I memorized Full Metal Jacket. I Full mean, Metal Jacket. Oh, man. Full Metal Jacket got me out of trouble in boot camp because I had memorized it. Um, my <laughs> drill instructors, they would get a gleam in their eye. You know uh, when I would sing cadence because I sang it just like like the drill instructor did in Full Metal Jacket. I love that drill.
1: That yeah. I love that actor. He was really
3: great. Yeah. Uh, I can't remember his name. Harley Emery. Oh yeah. Yeah. God rest his soul. Yeah. <laughs> he wasn't necessarily a saint. Let's say so. Yikes. We should uh, ask our
1: listeners uh, to chime in to see what is their favorite movie,
3: favorite war movie in
1: particular. Hmm.
3: Now, okay. What about uh, what about more recent ones? Uh, what about uh, Black Hawk Down? Or what about the um The
1: one yesterday we lone talked about Survivor?
3: What did oh, we talk yeah. about yesterday?
1: A few good men. So that was a few good,
3: Oh, I haven't even thought about that movie all right, so in it's so a, long.
1: Yeah, so it's it's a military movie, but not in a, engaged in a war, right? Yeah, it sure. was it was in a trial and, Yeah. Uh, Demi Moore, Tom Cruise, Jack Nicholson. Uh Kevin Bacon. Kevin Bacon uh, Keith or Sutherland.
3: Yes. Remember it, Keith or Sutherland? Yeah. The good grief. This is before twenty four.
1: Yeah. You know, key for some I think that's, this made him to get it to that role.
3: He was, <laughs> you know, the thing about that film was, uh, as a young, impressionable kid who was going to the military, like, we looked, I would look at that film and go, oh, that's the kind of Marine that you <laughs> want to be. Like, Demi Moore's character said to Tom Cruise's character, they're fundamentalists. Uh, and she's, and he's like, about what? About being Marines, you know? <laughs> no, not fundamentalists. What was the word? Uh, they're, um, oh, I can't remember the word she used. But uh, but it was like they are passionate about being Marines, and that was certainly true for some Marines, but not all Marines. Okay, not the Marines that I hung out with mostly. <laughs> you know, the swinging with the wing, not so much. But uh, I'm sure there was a little bit more oorah, a little bit more hardcore in uh, some of the infantry units for sure. Which in hindsight, I kind of wish I was uh, I had gone uh, infantry. But I was thinking about uh, getting job training more than anything at the time. Uh, Christopher Chance reminds us that Emory, Arlie Emory, was a real-life Marine. Yes, he was. He was a drill instructor, which is part of the reason why he uh, he got the role. But did you know that he played the role of drill instructor before he played in the movie of, uh, of uh, Full Metal Jacket? He was in a, f- a previous film that if... The- who was the actor who played um, the pilot, the helicopter pilot in Airwolf? What was his name?
1: I don't know. You
3: remember the mo- the television show Airwolf? No. Come on, man. You remember the movie with uh, 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 Burt Reynolds? They played stuntmen, and Burt played the aging, going out of business, uh, going into retirement stuntman. And there was the younger uh, stuntman that was kind of like his main competition and his rival. And at the end, they join up together to make the giant
1: car jump over the cavern. Is this true? I I, I don't remember this. No, I do not remember this. I blocked this out, maybe. I don't know. Oh, my. It was like the seventies. Come on, you remember the seventies? Barely remember the eighties. So uh, not, not. Was there like two decades that were fuzzy for you? <laughs> Usually it's, it's okay, just say, say this here,
3: Adrian. Uh, who was that actor in, who played the pilot in Airwolf? I don't even know what Airwolf is.
0: <laughs> oh man! <laughs> Never even heard of
3: it. Why can't I remember that guy's name? He he uh, he had a, a like a like he was a rising star and fell. Thank you, Tammy. Someone here is paying attention. Tammy says Jan Michael Vincent so Jan Michael Vincent played in a movie uh, about going to Marine Corps boot camp, mm-hmm. and Arlie Emery played the drill instructor in that film as well, and it predates Full Metal Jacket. Ah. which is why Stanley. Kubrick, Michael Vincent. That's why Stan, That's why Kubrick uh, picked Emery to play the drill, the iconic drill instructor. By the way, when they filmed the scenes in the barracks, boy, every time I watch that, I have flashbacks to boot camp. Oh, yeah. it's crazy. Uh, when they filmed those, they were mostly like. R. Lee was allowed to do whatever he wanted. Really? Yeah, he was able to say, approach anybody. Like, all things were
1: okay. So roll the cameras and yeah. just go?
3: and they would follow him because they wanted 360 degrees of, of filming. They didn't want to have to, like, block things off. They wanted him to have free reign at the barracks, so they would just follow him with the camera. Wow. And he would just spew the, the vileness that is indicative of... Marine Corps drill instructors.
1: I'll have to watch that again when I'm alone in the house and uh, and uh, see when it comes up.
3: You know, uh, I will never forget the day I got uh, dropped at boot camp. So you you show up to San Diego or Paris Island and you uh, – Hacksaw Ridge. Mike says Hacksaw Ridge, by the way. That's a That's great film. Oh, yeah. We mm-hmm. Were Soldiers is another very good film. Yes. Vietnam era. Yep. Uh, man, so many Vietnam era films I can think of. Uh, how about Hamburger Hill? How about Platoon? Platoon. Crazy films. You know. King Henry V? King, <laughs> the Shakespeare? What? Yeah. what? The sh- it, it, well, the, where's the lie, though? It's,
4: it's, where's the lie? It's good. And it's also uh, where we get the phrase Band of Brothers from. Mm. That was yes. coined. That was coined by William Shakespeare, Shakespeare yep. and King Henry V. That's right. Yep. Wow. wow. Yes, true story. Good True films. story, okay. But you get to Y'all drunk. remember back in the day when Shakespeare wrote that? Y'all were y'all <laughs> totally there, right? Totally
3: Catholic Shakespeare, by the way.
1: Yeah. Uh, y'all were there when it happened, right? Yeah. <laughs> I was there. Y'all saw it He, in he the came theaters, by our yeah. high school. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, he was doing a tour. Yeah, makes sense. I believe it. Uh,
3: anyway, so you you get dropped. Uh, what happens is you show up to to Marine Corps Recruit Depot at the airport. The bus shows up. DI comes out, starts yelling. You get on the bus. You drive. Starts put, yelling already. You, oh, yeah. Then you, they, they put you on the yellow footprints and then... They begin the process of of, of indoctrinating you. And uh, you get into a holding platoon where they keep you up for like 24 or 48 hours. They want nice. you to sleep. Nice of them. And that's so that you get past your jet lag and you then uh, you sleep really well after that. I got you. Um, but then the, when, when the whole platoon has arrived and everybody's now ready to begin their training cycle – they do what they call the, a drop. And so they take you – they march you over to your new barracks. They sit you nice at what they call in the classroom, which is the, the open space in the barracks where you can sit uh, Indian style. And they, they make you sit extremely close to the men in front of you and the man behind you. You're all – you're tucked in there very, very closely. And then the, uh, the commanding officer, the company commander, comes out, and he, he says, well, I, I'm proud of you, boys. You're, you're going to become Marines. You know? this is, you're going to serve our country with pride and blah, 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 And then he turns to the senior drill instructor, and, he's, you know, and they salute each other and, you know, and take charge of the platoon. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. And then the, the, the officer quickly leaves. And the instant he walks out the door, the hatch, and the, and the hatch closes behind him, all hell breaks loose. All chaos erupts. Everyone is screaming. Things are flying around the room. People are being pushed down the the barracks. You know, foot lockers are going this way, and beds are going that. And uh, I remember my uh, we had three drill instructors: uh, senior uh, drill instructor Ricardo, uh, my junior, which was drill instructor high Hightower, and my my third hat was drill instructor Sergeant Valdivia. Uh, he was he was the insane person. So the the the, the the model is your senior is your father. You would kill yourself to protect him. Mm. Like that's the, the psychology. Like this man is is like walking on water to you. Mm. So whatever he says, you revere mm-hmm. highly. Mm-hmm. He's the father figure. The junior is more like the mom. I hate to say it that way, but that's kind of the deal. His job is to get you where you got to go, get, make sure you got what you need, and he keeps sort of the schedule. So he's sort of like the mom of the platoon. We don't say it that way, but that's the deal. Right. The third guy, his job is
1: to be utterly insane. All right. So which one's key for Sutherland, If I for the, reference?
3: The third hat. So, uh, okay. So Drillin structure Sergeant Valdivia, he... <laughs> I grew up in San Antonio, most Hispanic city in, in America. And he was so Mexican. I thought he was Japanese for about three weeks. Wait, so what? So
4: Mexican. What? This
3: guy that you're had Japanese. He looked like Does he Spanish was go to Japan. He looked like so. he was Japanese. He grunted like he was a samurai sold You know, samurai warrior. And he was the most insane person I had ever met. He was so vicious, so mean, so honry. He would show up in the middle of the night, catch us in in the head, uh, shining our boots, writing letters. And he would punish us for hours. He'd walk in and be like, arigato must Almost. I, th- <laughs> I did not know what this man was saying. And when he dro- when we got dropped, he was screaming at us. And I had no idea what to do because I couldn't understand him. And I, I, I was like, I, I thought he was going to kill me. I mean, th- he was so vicious. And uh, we would get into the most insane situations over the three months of boot camp. We got into a big brawl between us and another platoon that he instigated outside of the chow hall. Based. And uh, he was he was he was we were waiting, waiting to go in, us and another platoon, and he was talking much smack between us. And he was forcing us because you're you know, you're a recruit. You do whatever you're told. And so when he tells you to go and do something, you do it, even if it's stupid. Go punch that guy in the face. Yes, yes exactly what happens. <laughs> That's why we do, and the two platoons break out into a large brawl. I, 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 a brand new baby, fresh off of DI school, uh, corporal was there observing... In a, in a, as a part of the other platoon and mm-hmm. he was
4: standing Sci-Fi Mike said I use the same strategy to potty train my kids
3: <laughs> <laughs> no Sci-Fi Mike do you put your finger your index finger your thumb together and put it like like a centimeter away from their nose and go
2: you look here
3: you will go to the restroom right now do you understand me recruit <laughs> I mean I could tell you so many insane stories of the absolutely psychological damage
4: that we receive Mr. Sci-Fi Mike uh um- let me know did that work <laughs> I'm, I'm taking notes <laughs> on Future, just future reference yes, um, sir.
3: just yes, documenting sir. you
4: know just, 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 just the facts Bridge Over the River Kwai
3: <laughs> Boys of Company B that was the movie with Jan Michael Vinton good call there uh, let's see Henry V Act 4 scene 3 according to Adrian putting that in there for reference Wow. Gr- for greater glory oh yeah yes like that movie love that movie uh, praise be to Jesus I think that's it. Uh, let's see. The, the Big Red One. Oh, I used to love the Big Red One when I was a kid. I don't know any of these movies. <laughs> How about uh, John Wayne and the Green Berets? Yeah. Yeah. Yes, yes, or yes. At any rate, enough fun boot camp stories. God bless you guys. God love you. Thank you to all of our service members who have uh, given so much to our country. God love you. Have a great day. We'll see you tomorrow.